0: Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring,
1: boring. Hey, you get bored by baseball. Okay, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown man run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. There's Saltz This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is Baseball, baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. All right, baseball is not boring, and one of the people this time of year who makes it that way every single year, as I tweeted out, is as a staple on our calendar, is Ryan Thibodeau, who is at not Mister Tibbs on Twitter. Uh, you also may know him from such educational films as Hall of Fame Ballot Tracker, along with uh, the, the people, the fine people who get the job done, along with him, Adam Dore. And Anthony Kalamis, is that am I pronouncing his name right?
0: Calamus, I've been uh, oh, so cool. seven years. We've never even talked to each other, uh, but I think that's how you pronounce it.
1: Is that true? Is that true? Wow! Yeah,
0: we we hang out in Slack, uh, you know, for two months every year, and basically never talk to each other otherwise. So.
1: That's crazy. So, so uh, first of all, you know, I know, and I know you've probably gone through this before, but I I, I do want to introduce you as as the guy, and I mean it. I mean, this is it's such a cool thing that you have always done which is tracking the hall of fame ballots because really you get to this time of year yeah you know we get a smattering of a uh, we get a smattering of the 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 free agents and the trades and that's going to keep going but really this is the staple this is the thing the hall of fame we have to as hall of fame voters we have to get this in by the end of the year and obviously it's announced toward the end of the month but um but you guide us along the way and when i first Ryan when i first started seeing it I was I was so naive. I'm like, oh, my goodness, this guy, you know, he has 80 percent. He's going to get in. He's going to get in. And then and then obviously it levels off and we're going to get to sort of the ebbs and the flows of the voting. But I know you've probably been asked this a bunch, but just tell me a little bit about the history, if you can, about how you got involved in this and and, uh, how it gets uh, gained some steam.
0: Yeah, sure. So I I grew up in Houston, uh, an Astros fan. Uh, kind of late 80s and all throughout the 90s, which uh, was basically, you know, Biggio and Bagwell's, their their peak of their careers, I uh, got to watch all of it. And so when they showed up on the Hall of Fame ballot uh, for the first time, that's when I kind of really got interested um, in the Hall of Fame and in the process of electing candidates. Um, so then, you know, it took took both of those guys a little while to get in. Uh, Bagwell in particular took way longer than than I thought um, he should have and uh so i just kind of as as the years went by i uh, got more and more interested and there was um a couple of people basically doing ballot tracking at that time um one was Darren Viola at uh, baseball think factory yeah 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 um, oh baseball yeah.
1: think factory man oh yeah <laughs> They were the OGs. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, He'd been doing it for decades. Um, and, you know, he, he didn't uh, list out every single ballot. He would just collect what he could find and kind of have a leaderboard. And man, I would just refresh that page a hundred and 200 times a day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and then uh, another uh, person on Twitter, uh, Leo Kitty started doing basically what I do now to put all the ballots on a spreadsheet and made it public um and so those two things put together Darren's uh, he called it the gizmo the hall of fame gizmo and Leo Kitty's spreadsheet uh I was just all into those um for a couple of winters um and then I basically decided I wanted to try to help you know gather some more ballots and I would uh research you know voters who maybe hadn't been public before and try to find an email and and send them an email or send them a message on Twitter and just see if they would uh be willing to to share their ballot. And it, it worked way more often than I expected it to. Mm. And so, the, so then I was just, you know, I was in um, it's, you know, it's, it's so fun just to, you know, when I'm the person who who gets the ballot and I get to share it with the world, um, you know, it's still you know, 10 years later, a super cool feeling.
1: Yeah. So, so that's, a, that's, a, there's so many elements of this, which I find fascinating and my tale of, woe when it comes to hall of fame voting, you know, I've, I feel like every time, every time this time of year rolls around, I, I've been saying this for whatever, for the last 10, 12 years, is that, you know, I was three deep in, three years into being on the Baseball Writers Association, and then I had the gall to go to the internet in 2008, and they kicked me out because, you know, the internet's a passing fad. <laughs> so uh, I, I got kicked out, and then the next year, all this, a lot of, like, ESPN had the local sites, and Comcast had the local sites, and so they let those people came in. So literally for a year, it was this weird like, oh, we can't do that. So anyway, I was so sort of bitter, Ryan, that I'm, I'm gonna ah, say, you know, I don't, even, I don't want to do it. And then 2011 rolled around, and Alex Spear was working over the Boston Globe was working with me, and like, ah, we should just reapply. And they're like, you guys aren't in. I'm like, no, we aren't in. So we got back in, but now you have to reset your clock for ten years. So last year was the first year I got a chance to vote. Um, but ad- leading up to that, all these other years, along with telling this this awful story, which I've told way too many times, I, you know, I would basically I would look from afar, you know, at, you know, the, how you were tabulating things. And like you said, how people were submitting things and how also how people were explaining things. And I find all of it fascinating. A lot of it frustrating. I, I don't know about for you. And I don't think you editorialize a whole lot. But, yeah. try, but not, try not to. Yeah. 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 Because, you know, and I don't, and I, you know, even Ryan, I mean, I, I think it, the biggest thing is the conversation, right? I think everybody, you know, 99% of the people who who submit ballots are doing research and have, you know, have some belief behind what they're, what they're submitting. So that means that this conversation to be had, and that's one of the great things to do. But when you first started sort of getting these ballots, were you like, were you surprised about how sort of the the way of thinking was all over the place?
0: Yeah, I was surprised the thinking was all over the place and also surprised how often I could uh, just sort of see, even if I completely disagreed with where a voter landed with their ballot, you know, a, a lot of times you can, you can see how they got there. And it, it makes sense, even if, even if you would never do it that way, um, you know, we, there, there are voters who who cast blank ballots. We've had a couple lately. Uh, one of them, uh, Ron Cook from Pittsburgh. Uh, you listen to his. You know, he he revealed his ballot on the radio, and he just went through it. And he just he earnestly feels like it should be, you know, Ruth and Griffey and Mariano Rivera, and that's it. And he's not trying to hurt anybody. He's not. He just thinks it should be the absolute greatest of all times. And and so he's, you know, three straight years now submitted a blank ballot. Um maybe i don 't feel that way, and of course most uh b b w a voters don 't feel that way that 's why we get candidates elected a lot more often um but he you know he 's sincere and he comes to it from a sincere place um so I think that you know and there 's all different levels between that and between people voting for for ten and and almost always um you don 't even have to squint that much to see how somebody got, you know, to the ballot that they ended up submitting. And I think that's the thing that I, was most surprising to me because, you know, I'll be honest, 10 years ago, you know, I had my ballot and anybody who left off any one of the guys that I thought belonged, you know, I, I was a little more, <laughs> you know, I, I had stronger opinions back yeah. then. But, um, but yeah, I think that, so that's been one of the fun things to me is, you know, even, you know, with the guys who helped me do this project, uh, we just like to kind of sit around and see like, man, how did he, how did he get here? You know, not everybody writes a column or talks about it on the radio. We just try to figure out um, how they got to their, to their final choices.
1: Have You had, you must've had some that you were like, wow, that, well, that was a complete 180. And, you know, it, it, and because you, like you, you have to do a good job. I mean, the tracker is so awesome in so many ways, including documenting who was taken off, who was put on, um, the trend from year to year, not only overall, but also from voter to voter. And, you know, you see, like, so I'll just say this, Ryan, like, so in my second year, and again, I'm not saying that my way is right, but I I go into it and say, if I voted for a person, then I'm going to keep that person on. And the only way I'm going to add... Is, is a person who was already on is if I had already maxed out at 10 the year before, which I did last year. So, um, and then I'm not going to take a person off who I voted for. I'm just not because, you know, I would, for me, I would like to think that I'd done enough research. That person didn't change, but I know this is that the way that hall of fame, w- w- ballot, uh, uh, voting works. It's not that way because a guy like Burt Blylevin, the guy like Jim Rice, like all these guys, They creep up, they creep up, they creep up, they creep up. And it's not just that ballots that are maxed out that are allowing to do it. I mean, people are just like, oh, yeah, you know, I think that that's a good idea. I mean, that that dynamic is bizarre to me.
0: It is strange. You know, people say it all the time. You know, one of the main things that we track is is changes that voters make from year to year, Um, because honestly, it's the it's the thing that's most interesting. You know, if everybody voted the exact same way that they did the year before, uh, and maybe added one new guy on the ballot or something, you know, there wouldn't be that much to to follow because um, the results would, would end up being pretty much the same. You'd basically just be looking at the first year candidates and see how they're doing. Um, the fun of this is that people change their minds uh, and <laughs> they change their minds all the time and they change their mind for different reasons. You know, you say that you don't want to have to drop anybody, and and I don't know, I don't know what your ballot is this year, um, but you if will, you you, will you know, have to you, wait three, days. I apologize. <laughs> yeah, no problem. But you know, you've got you've got uh, your six holdovers, and uh, I'll just assume for the sake of this that uh, you pick four four more candidates. You know, it's extremely possible that all ten of those candidates that you vote for this year. Are going to be on the ballot again next year because you know if, if roland or helton don't get elected this year they're still going to be there uh you voted for them last year i assume you did again so you might have 10 holdovers next year and next year uh, adrian beltray joe mauer chase utley come on the ballot um so you might have some tough choices and there sure. might be some some red ink on your ballot and that you know especially during the years um when you know, we had these crazy ballots of you know thirteen or fourteen eventual Hall of Famers on one ballot. You know, people are dropping people who who they think are surefire Hall of Famers just because they, you know, Jason Stark calls it ballot management. Uh, he mm-hmm. felt like he he had to do that for for almost a decade with those guys sticking around on the ballot year after year. Um, but you know, aside from aside from things like that, um, you know, there's a, a voter from New York who uh, used to generally vote kind of large ballots eight nine. 10 and then one year all of a sudden he decided hey i you know i think i've been doing this wrong i think it should be the greatest of the greats mm-hmm. um, and i think he submitted you know bonds and clemens and maybe one other candidate going you know so dropping five or six guys from the year before he did that for a couple of years and then last year he decided to go back to to doing it the way he originally had um and yeah so i, I don't think I don't think hardly anybody is is trying to be wishy-washy or to to change their their votes dramatically uh, just for fun. Um, but that's that's kind of the way it works. And, you know, we have so many Hall of Famers now, Edgar and Tim Raines and Larry Walker, who who wouldn't be Hall of Famers if, if people didn't reevaluate from year to year, listen to what other voters are saying, listen to what people are writing. Um, so to me, I mean, that, that aspect of this is the fun of it, um, so, so I love it when people, you know, reply to me, you know, if there's a ballot that has some changes and they say, oh, I, I guess Jeff Kent's numbers got worse this year. You know, <laughs> I just like, like, it's funny, but I, I see it a thousand times, a, you know, a winter. And I also just completely disagree. Um, you know, nobody's, nobody's dropping or adding someone because their numbers changed, obviously. But, you know, that's just part of this process.
1: Well, yeah, and it, it, it's, it's. There are guys who, you know, and you also say, Oh, I thought they would be higher or lower, and or a guy that's trending in the right direction. I mean, I think that and there's unique cases. I mean, Schilling was a unique case last year. And and being around Boston, I get this all the time. Even people when you bring up the Hall of Fame, they say, Oh, is Schilling still, here? I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, he's off. And this is what happened. And and it was really, and everyone mentions the political stuff or whatever. But really in that case, I think it was more of uh when he said, take me off the ballot. And um, and then the writers and I wasn't one of them. Obviously, I voted for Schilling, but, I was, but he's like, well, are you going to tell us to take it? Are you off the ballot? for? Oh, well, forget you. And then he drops down because I, I think if honestly, Ryan, if he doesn't say that, I think he might be in last year. I don't know. Maybe, well, he was over 70. He was like, what, right? It's 70 percent the year before. Right.
0: Yeah. He was a, a very small handful of votes uh, away from being elected the previous year. So um, and maybe that's part of what was extra frustrating is, you know, how close he got. Um, But yeah, I think you would have, I think you could have said that multiple times over his candidacy though, too. Um, You know, I don't think he would have lasted anywhere close to 10 years without any number of things uh, that he said or that, you know, the conversations around him. Um, So, I mean, absolutely unique kind of candidacy. We haven't seen anything else like that. Um, So, yeah.
1: Yeah, And so, and w- when you look at, um, you know, one of the, and I, I mentioned this at the beginning, where I first started following it, and you you get to when you guys first start doing it, and you're at just as we sit here, what, you're at 100 or just over 100? 101. 101. Oh, no, there you go. All right. All right. I felt so bad, man. Like you had said, <laughs> like, this is, he, heading into New Year's Eve, I think it was like six o'clock, whatever, like, ah, oh, you know, we need to get to 100. And, and I'm like, I, I want to, I honestly want to, but I can't, I'm sorry, I can't do it.
0: I know. I mean, that's, you know, a lot of that's just for fun. I'm not super invested in in hitting those round numbers or anything, but, you know, it's also great because people start messaging me and being like, you know. Uh yeah, I can't I can't give you my I can't put my name on it because it's gonna be in the paper in a couple of weeks. But
1: if you want to put it, <laughs> you
0: know, put, put me in as anonymous so you can get to a hundred. And you know, I mean that I got a couple of uh messages like that. Oh good. Well I'm, I'm s- glad people's
1: <laughs> hearts in the right place. Exactly. You got, do you, did you feel like you have a more of an acceptance of people revealing the ballots because of this? I mean I mean this it's because I would imagine there was early on, there was sort of this this perception of stodginess of these, these old writers, I'm not going to reveal my ballot. And there's actually on the ballot, people know that there's a check either you can have them publicly revealed or not, but do you get a sense in the last few years that people have been more uh, willing to reveal them?
0: Uh, Kind of, maybe not entirely. We've, I think we hit kind of a peak a couple of years ago. Um, You know, it definitely was that way for, for five or six years where we just kind of got more and more every year um, I'm hearing more and more the last couple of years, like, you know, what you do is super cool, but I just don't want to get yelled at on Twitter anymore.
1: Um, <laughs> oh, and, so, it's, so it's the opposite. So it me- yeah. There's still social media shaming. Has, has made people go the other way.
0: Definitely. Yeah. I've, we've lost uh, a handful of voters who were, you know, I had in the tracker, you know, even before I started doing my version of the tracker, uh, you know, been there for 14 years or whatever, who just, said I'm not doing this anymore. Um which I mean I can understand some some of those people they just uh, will wait until the the BBWA releases, you know, everybody who allows their ballots to be public. Um so I think you know the acceptance of uh, you know I there are voters who still think that what I do what we do um you know spoils the results to some degree and and that's hard to argue against to some degree it does. Um, you know, what we try to do is just make sure there were, you know, where we might take away. I mean, King Griffey Jr. comes on the ballot. Everybody knows that King Griffey Jr. is going to be elected in his first year. Um, you know, my spreadsheet basically confirmed that uh, before the announcement w- was made. But, you know, we're doing other things like, you know, is, is Griffey going to be unanimous? Is, is Mariano going to be unanimous? And then you've always got these uh, bubble candidates as well. You know, we've got a, maybe three this year, which I thought, I thought it was only going to be maybe Roland who had a chance, but mm-hmm. uh, Todd Helton is really surging. Billy Wagner is really surging. Um, so so we, try to, we try to add suspense, even if in some areas we take it away. And I think that has maybe gotten a little more acceptance than it had a decade ago um yeah
1: yeah but i think but i think you absolutely hit the nail on the head you do add suspense because what you end up with is never is is not exact i mean because not everyone is revealing the ballot but it's it gets people excited saying this guy's climbing this guy's climbing especially when you get to the the last few and then you know the the ballots come out this is where i got sort of fooled because correct me if i'm wrong you know this usually and this is a broad statement but usually the end result is a little bit lower. There's always sort of a drop from where you land in terms of the tracker. And if, if I'm wrong, I apologize. Uh, no, yeah, that, that's, yeah that's, 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 okay. that's
0: pretty right on for almost everybody um, to different degrees. So um, candidates, uh, you know, PED linked candidates, Bonds and Clemens and those kinds of guys, they would have massive drop offs. Um, from the public voters to the private voters, and can I uh, can I
1: guess why this is? Is because sure. the the I don't want to say the older. I'm not going to say the older. The older the older uh, people who are are giving the ballots, people who've been around a lot, they typically um, are going to hold a grudge more against. And I'm painting a very broad brush. I understand this, but hold a grudge against the PED guys. And then, um, and they also probably aren't going to be as willing to submit, uh, make their ballot public. Um, that is a, that is a hypothesis. Am I, do you buy into this or am I completely full of hoeing?
0: Yeah, no, I think, um, You know, obviously, it's hard for me to say with what the private voters are thinking because they're private and uh, most of them don't talk to me. So um, but just from looking at the numbers, you know, over over a decade, um, it does seem like the the private ballots are, you know, voters who are older, they're not on Twitter, um, you know, and they do they do just vote for those those PED candidates um, to a much lesser degree. And interestingly, on the flip side, um, you know, that that's most candidates, pitchers and hitters, except for um, kind of defense first candidates. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody somebody like uh, Omar Vizquel, who, you know, his candidacy has, has taken a tumble for uh, for non-baseball reasons. But he was a candidate who uh, would do better among uh, the late ballots and the private voters and closers also had been that way. So, like, whereas you might see Bonds and Clemens. Drop down a little bit um, from what I have at the time of the announcement to what the final results are. Somebody like uh, Trevor Hoffman or Lee Smith, over the years, they would actually do a little bit better because the private voters um, would would support them uh, to a greater degree than the public ballots.
1: No, that's fair. And so when we look at, as I sit here right now, I'm just looking at the tracker. And I'm going to ask you which one surprises you, I guess, maybe the most. So um, I'll just do the top tier guys. So Beltran, obviously, you know, he's first year guy, 57.4%. And of course, you need 75% to get in. Todd Helton, 79.2%. He would be in. Uh, Andrew Jones, 70.3%. Jeff Kent, 43.6%. Manny Ramirez, 42.6%. Alex Rodriguez, 44.6%. Um, Scott Rowland, as you mentioned, 81.2 leading everybody right now. Gary Sheffield, uh, 67.3%. Uh, and Billy Wagner, 71.3. Um, before you get to like which ones, you know, sort of surprise you of that group, it is amazing that the guys who are linked together in terms of PDs usually are almost identical numbers. I, I mean, following Bonds and Clements, I mean, they were like lockstep. And now you're seeing Manny and A-Rod sort of lockstep as well. Um, but anyway, so what what do you think of, of that group right now? What surprises you the most?
0: Yeah, I, there are a few things that are pretty stunning to me so far. I think, um, you know, we're about a quarter of the way through the ballots. We've got 100 and we expect there to be somewhere around 400, uh, just about the same as last year. Um, and you've got uh, Todd Helton is, you know, through a hundred ballots last year was at 57%. And he's at 79% now, a 22% jump, uh, from year to year. Billy Wagner is 23% higher than he was at this, you know, through hundred ballots last year. Um, Sheffield, similarly, um, it's 20 something percent. I have to scroll down a little but um, you know, just a, just a huge jump from where he was a year ago, 26% is, is his jump. Um, so those are those are really massive you know leaps that we haven't seen that kind of of thing uh, in quite some time, and it's you know it's probably mostly because so many candidates who were sucking up so much of the vote share bonds and Clemens and Schilling and sosa um, and you know, obviously David Ortiz got elected, all of those guys are off the ballot as of now opens things up quite a bit so if somebody had a, a ten player ballot last year but didn't have Todd Helton or Billy Wagner but they would have voted for him, uh, they can now, and they are. Um, and so these guys are seeing some some really tremendous gains. Um, I'm also probably, I'm a little surprised, uh, you know, Scott Rowland is doing well. Uh, mm-hmm. 80, 81% is good. Um, you know, we, we sort of eyeball that, like, we do expect his number to drop from whatever I have on January 24th. Uh, when the president of the hall of fame comes out and says what the results are, uh, he's probably going to drop from whatever my number is to whatever the final result is. And we eyeball that, you know, he almost certainly has to be above 80%, um, in order to, to stay above 75% Mm. in the end. Um, so he's there now, which is good. He still though has only, um, you know, we call them gained votes, uh, who changed their mind, who voted for him this year, but not last year. And he's only flipped uh, I think four, four votes so far, um, out of something like 19 chances.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, which is it's probably a little bit below what he needs to be doing. Um, you know, as we get to ballot ballot 150 or so in a couple of weeks, um you know, I think that rate of flipping nos to yeses needs to be a little bit better, or he he might fall short, uh, which would be fascinating too. Because then you, I think you you might have a situation where you have Roland and Hilton and Billy Wagner and maybe even Sheffield and Andrew Jones kind of knocking on the door next year, mm. um, with with all the you know those kind of three very strong candidates coming on the ballot as well. Um, so we could kind of, it's possible we could have an, a kind of instant backlog um going into next year if nobody gets elected this year. So uh tons of stuff to to keep keep an eye on over the next couple of weeks.
1: Yeah. I mean this is that's that's exactly why we're talking about this, this is so awesome. The fact that we're able to sort of compare where we are at every year at this time and 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 figure out where that's going to be. And then again, this is about conversation. There's no question about it. You know, when it comes to Ortiz getting in last year too, Um, I do think that a big thing that went for him, other than being, I thought, a Hall of Fame worthy candidate, was that he was good, so good on his last year. I mean, this was for younger voters, especially like this was the last image they had of the guy. And we don't. And a lot of times that can really work against a guy. Right. I mean, if he has a bad last five or six years on a really good career. People would be, be like, eh, I really got to take a deep dive in this because my first instinct would suggest no." I don't know if you felt the same way or not.
0: Yeah, that's very possible. I mean, you look at uh, Andre Jones. You know, I, I see some of the Atlanta writers speculating that if he had, if he had just retired after those first ten or eleven years. Would he already be a Hall of Famer just because we wouldn't have had to kind of see those tougher years um, where he really fell off at the end? And I, you know, I think that's possible. Um, you know, even Albert Pujols—he's is not, Pujols not going to have any problem getting into the Hall of Fame, but mm-hmm. uh, just just the way he finished last year, uh, getting to 700 home runs, and you know, I think the we all sort of thought we were going to remember Pujols's you know Anaheim years, and after as kind of a huge bummer uh but man those last you know a few months of his career uh are, are going to be great to think about you know when he comes on the ballot so I, you can very well be right that might have been you know he wasn't um ortiz didn't didn't sail into the hall of fame you know close to 100 percent. so hmm. those that those last uh couple of percent that might have made a difference
1: and just uh and i appreciate your time ryan and just the last thing is you know like i said i'm gonna this, as a, this as this is airing, um, my, I'm going to reveal my ballot in a couple of days, and last year, like, said that that was my first year doing it, I'm sitting on the couch, I'm like, oh, what could be fun to do? I, you know, mm-hmm. I get in touch with my good friend Gar Rhinus, who's the uh, batting stance guy, or Rynas, and he, by it's a batting stance guy and he takes batting stances, and, and so, I'm, hey, you want to reveal this? And he's like, oh, of course, and I kind of, you know what I did, like, honestly, Ron, I undervalued the honor of of doing it that for someone you know like anybody right or having a participation in it. So Gar is great. I mean Gar is just so good. At, I mean there's a reason why he's on Letterman. <laughs> and um, right. but but you know it, he could have just done it half ass and could have been on his way, but he did a great job with it. Um, and I was so happy that he did it and did it well. And so I, anyway, I revealed it and it was fun. Like I had fun doing it but I got to be honest with you. Like I thought other people would do something like I, and so I thought other people would sort of do. And I think maybe somebody might've done baseball cards or something. I don't know. Um, But I felt like somebody should have done something. And then, you know, so they get to this year and, you know, I'll I'll explain it more, you know, when we reveal it, I've already taped the podcast for it. um, So it'll be coincide with a video of the reveal, but um, but I'm like, you know, like this is this is part of the whole. It's the conversation, and it's also like this. This is not like playing to the narrative of baseball writers here. Let's have a little fun with this. But I, I guess my what I'm saying is that are you surprised that the people aren't more fun with it?
0: Yeah, I mean, I I am like I you know obviously. I loved what you did last year. I can't wait to see what you came up with for this year. Um, and th- there are a couple of other voters who, who do things that are fun. Uh, Jeff Fletcher every year comes up with some kind of puzzle for Twitter to solve in order to figure out what his ballot is. Nice. And like yeah, that. It's awesome. And and this year was really hard. It took us like a couple of hours to figure it out and <laughs> had to bring in some big brains who knew about hex codes or I don't even know what they were talking about. <laughs> they figured it out for us, though, so, you know, and but that was great. Um you know, I, I think for some voters, maybe they just uh, don't want that kind of attention. Um, I, I can't I couldn't tell you I would love it if if people had more fun, even for me, you know, a lot of my winter is spent just, uh, you know, looking at, at negative comments on ballots and, you know, blocking people for going over the line and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, that can get to be a drag. Um so when, and, you know, I, I didn't know anything about what you were doing last year. It just, you just posted it. Well, neither,
1: neither did I until before. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, like we just, we, obviously we, we loved it so much and I hope people, you know, follow in your, in your lead.
1: Well, you know, and, and I'll, I'll tell you some of the things that I didn't do, which was immediately I thought of doing because I'm like, well, why not, why not do, <laughs> shoot your shot? Right. So I'm like, one of the things I immediately did after I saw the reaction from it, I immediately went to the NASA site and I tried to find if there was any baseball fans on the space station. <laughs> <laughs> because, I mean, it's not this is another part about it is that this is it's not only an honor, I think, for the people to do it, but it's the it's it's not threatening. I mean, nobody, nobody on the space station is going to care you know, is it like, oh, NASA can't be affiliated with reading this? No, I mean, but anyway, so that was an idea that didn't really take uh, take root. Um, uh, what was some of the other ones I did? Uh, well, I'm not even gonna. I'll let the you. Know, I'll I'll talk about it more after reveal. But um, but yeah. So anyway, I I want to thank you for all your support and, and that and 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 getting uh getting in on sort of the the whole conversation and, and the fun. But most importantly, I want to thank you for doing what you do when it comes to the tracker. I, I sincerely mean it that this is for, for baseball fans. This is a really, really important thing. It hits the sweet spot of the calendar. Um, we're waiting out Carlos Correa where he landed, but you can't, you can only do that so much. Like this is, this is a time of year. Now we pivot to the hall of fame talk and you are, you're the straw that serves a drink with that. So Ryan, I really appreciate it.
0: Well, I really appreciate that. And uh, it's, it's my pleasure to, to do it. And my pleasure to be here talking with you.